Welcome to the Believing Theologist Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Smith, here to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and sound doctrine in Lansing, Michigan, and to the furthest reaches of the UP. So how's everybody doing today? I hope everybody is doing well. Thank you once again for tuning in. Um, I already published uh, my second interview. This is now the third interview, uh, speaking with a pastor who had continued me and obeyed God in regards to wor- his worship uh, during our stay-at-home, stay, stay stay-safe orders that came down from our governor here in Michigan. I hope you would find this edifying and helpful. And like I said last time, I remind pastors and churchmen, let's get back to what the scriptures say. What do the scriptures teach? They teach how God is to be worshipped and what he has commanded. That being said, let me get my notes here. Uh, Coming up is an interview with Pastor Joshua Langdon, pastor of Bible Believers Church. I hope you find this interview helpful and edifying. And as always, feel free to give me a a holler on Facebook or Twitter. And with no no further ado, Pastor Josh Langdon. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for uh, no coming on. I've been uh, uh, my my concern with a lot of this whole coat. I don't gotta be careful what words I use. I guess don't want to get kicked off the platforms. But, um, <laughs> I'm small enough they probably won't care. But uh, seeing a lot of churches that have been remaining closed, and uh, at first no out of goodwill, and then going on. No, well, the government said we gotta. The government said we got to do this, so this we got we got to submit to the government. Period, without question. Right. And um, now I've come to the conviction that uh, what the church what the church in general has been doing, you no, know, in this time has been less than ideal. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Keeping the kids. I got at bay. five kids, so if I'm interrupted. Oh, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> My three are upstairs right now, so. Mine are everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> so, um, I'm just, uh, like, I've done this a couple times already. This is my third one, so don't judge me too harshly. <laughs> no, yeah, you can be hard on me, too. Give me some, give me some good questions. Yeah, well, and... uh, de- uh, de- uh, definitely will. Um, first, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, brief testimony, what congregation do you serve? Absolutely. So, my name is Josh Langdon. And I pastor a small Bible-believing church in Lowell, Michigan. Um, I grew up in independent Baptist churches. Okay. And very strong Christian parents, blessed in that way. And at the age of, actually, the day before I turned five years old, I remember um, having eternity on my mind, crawling mm-hmm. up into my parents' bed and asking my dad uh, to show me how I could know I'm going to heaven someday. And I remember him talking about the gospel with me, the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, paid the penalty for me. And I prayed and trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, put my trust in what he did for me in the cross. And um, so that's my salvation testimony. And I've just been very blessed in that um, I continue to, to have a home with loving parents uh, that kept me in church. And I remember as a, as a young child, I felt God's calling on my on my life to be a, a missionary. Okay. 
um, after it was actually a neighborhood Bible time. And All right. so for many years, I th- thought I was going to be a missionary and my, my father's a physician. And so I thought I was going to be a doctor missionary and mm-hmm. um, ended up, God called me to go to Bible school before going into medicine at the last second. So I went to a small Baptist Bible Institute in Pensacola, Florida called Pensacola Bible Institute. Okay. And is it, is got that my a... bachelor's of divinity. And then towards the end of school, um, felt God's calling on me and my brother-in-law and my dad to start a small church in, in Lowell. And so that's okay. where I've been for the last 17 years. I also do work as a registered nurse. I went to nursing school in the early years of our ministry. And so I, I work as a, as a registered nurse and pastor this church now with just my dad and I. Okay. So um, we have a congregation of about 40 people and um, love what we do. Awesome. So, just out of curiosity, um, in in your el- in your uh, eldership model, is it uh, a plurality plurality model or Absolutely. a single pastor un- under that? Because I'm just curious how that works with a full time job on top of that. Yeah, we have a plurality of elders, and um, a, biblically, the the model in the Bible is when you can. I, I believe it's best to have a plurality of, of elders. That uh, anytime one person has too much authority, it, it can end up causing problems. Authority can go to the head. This is so, most certainly true. <laughs> <laughs> my, it was three of us to start. Now it's my dad and I. And while I view him as definitely my spiritual mentor, mm-hmm. we when when there's issues, we talk them out, and we bring uh, we we have deacons in our church as well. Um, okay. Two two deacons bring the deacons into it if there's any question and. Um, try to let the church as a, as a whole make decisions. And we have a lot of unity and not much strife or contention, thankfully. It's a blessing. That's, that's good. Um, I have several other questions running through my mind, but th- that's, for another, that's for another show, another interview. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you can have me back. Oh, yeah. No, there's, I, I've seen, I uh, forget, a lot of um, stories, the ugly side of some of the IFB stuff. Yeah. And those will run through my head. But that's not the, what this conversation is about today, so we're not going to talk about that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, second question, how have you and your family been coping with the stay-at-home order? You know, uh, it's affected us less than, than many. We homeschool our five kids, or four. Our youngest is mm-hmm. almost four years old, so he's not doing much with homeschool yet. But we, um, it hasn't affected us as much as many because homeschool goes on like normal. And we never did shut church down. And so church has, has been normal. Obviously, Good. going out and about in the community and shopping is very different. Um, we try not to take our kids everywhere um, <laughs> just because it's not convenient and get a lot of dirty looks when you do and um, and all that stuff, you know, right. cost of any interest stores and stuff if you're not wearing masks. Mm-hmm. But um, it, the, the biggest thing for us has probably been sports. We're part of a, a soccer club here in Belding. Um, mm-hmm. And so the kids are missing out on that. And obviously, they haven't been able to see family nearly as much. So it has been difficult, but not as difficult as it has been on, on many families, especially families that are in the public school system that are that have kids at home that are trying to cope with all that. So um, bless, bless more than most, I guess, in this time. Well, that is that is definitely good to hear because I know a lot of, like we're ha- not, we're having issues as far as the homeschooling thing goes ourselves because the. Uh, working with uh, teachers and trying to figure out exactly what in the world they're wanting to do. Absolutely. Inconsistent communications. It's not necessarily their fault because they're trying to work with what they have. 
That's frustrating right. on our end trying to figure everything out. So I'm glad to hear that you that your family and things are doing well in there. Um, so let's get to the nitty-gritty a little bit. Around March sure. 15, many churches shuttered their doors as goodwill due, due to the projected numbers at the time. Recently, many churches in Michigan have decided to open their doors once again or have never stopped meeting. In your case, what has been your reasoning in continuing to meet? So... First two weeks of March, my family was on vacation in Branson, Missouri. And so we're seeing everything come out in the news and um, the hysteria about the pandemic is, is ramping up. And we kind of came home after the second week of March to that. And initially, no one knew how severe. It was hard to tell how severe this was going to be. There were a lot of questions. But the one thing that our church knew is that we didn't want um, or we didn't believe that the government should be making the choice of whether or not our, our church should shut down. Okay. And being an independent church, we don't have a ruling body over us just making decisions like that for us. Um, and I certainly believe in the autonomy of each church that it should be a decision that's kept within the body. Mm-hmm. And so we, we wanted our decision to be not one of what, the CDC is, is, is recommending, but what, what we prayerfully want, believe that the Lord wants us to do. And we weren't ruling out the possibility of having to shut down or, or change services, but we wanted it to be not, uh, not a CDC decision, not a, not a state of Michigan decision, mm-hmm. but, um, but something that we would come through prayerfully after the, with the Holy Spirit's direction. And so we never, we never did, sh- we never did shut down. We continued services and um, we, I guess, as, as far as scripture goes, mm-hmm. um, there are different scriptures. You can talk, you can talk about Romans 13 um, and the power of government and, and the proper scope of government. Um, it's, it's been my contention from the very beginning that regardless of the severity of COVID-19, it should not be the government's decision whether, um, whether private businesses are open or closed or, or whether churches are open or closed this, the, I believe they're taking uh, much more power than, than they should, and they're, I, I believe it's an abuse of the emergency powers, the emergency declaration. And so, but as, as far as a, a church goes, um, the passage that, that I believe is the, the most applicable would be Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25, mm-hmm. which says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised, and let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works, mm-hmm. not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So we're encouraged in Hebrews chapter 10 that we should be assembling together, um, and more often as we see the day approaching, and that day approaching that's mentioned at the end of verse 25 is, I believe defined the chapter before in verse 28, Hebrews 9, 28 says, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many mm-hmm. and unto them that look for him, shall he appear the second time unto sin without sin unto salvation. And so there are many prophecies about the Messiah's first coming mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ just nailed every single one of them. We know that he, he is the Messiah and that he came to, to redeem us from our sins but there are even more prophecies about the second about the second coming of Christ, and so according to Hebrews chapter ten, we should be assembling together um, and, and doing it even more often as we see the day coming, because we're, we're going to need that fellowship and we're going to need that that meeting. And online meeting is, is not the same. Worshiping online 
watching, um, you know, whether it's watching yeah, a sermon or, or, uh, or podcast or however it is that you're, it's all, it's good to do. It's great for Bible study. Mm-hmm. And, um, I get a lot of food, uh, off the internet. This it's a great way of, of learning and, and interacting, but it's not the same as coming together with other believers and, and worshiping. So I don't believe that online services can take the place of, of in-person worship. And I don't believe it, you know, with techn- 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 technological advances will never take the place of, of, of worship, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm most certainly in agreement with you there. Um, uh, to back up a little bit, I'm just, I'm just curious what your take on this. Uh, recently, I listened to a sermon from a, uh, another pastor, uh, pastor in the local area preaching on First Peter 2. And, uh, and, of course, that passage talks about, submit, uh, about submitting to authorities, no governing authorities and whatnot, same way Romans 13 does and a few other passages in the New Testament. But in his application, he seemed to conflate submission with obedience. Right. Um, now, in, in that case, what, what would your take, what is your take, uh, what would your take be on that? I mean, there are other passages you can bring in. The Apostle Paul says, submit to every ordinance of man. And so you always have to, there's a, a scale, you have to weigh um whether or not the ordinance or the direction is uh, goes against scripture, there are a lot of things that I submit to that I I don't agree with, but they're not against scripture. They're not yeah. immoral. They're not wrong. You can talk about speed limits and whether or not they always make sense. But we mm-hmm. attempt to obey traffic laws because we don't have a good reason not to, and it promotes the general safety of everyone involved. But but then when the government tries to say that a church shouldn't be meeting or can't be meeting because of a virus, yeah. in my opinion, regardless of the severity of the virus, they're overstepping their bounds. And now they've told me to not to do something that the, that the God has told me to do. He specifically said that we should be meeting, and that is the local church. And I see a lot of people that are that are saying, you know, by, by meeting, you're just proving that churches are wrong. We should be showing our love by not meeting. <laughs> Historically, that just doesn't hold water. Yeah. Um, pandemics throughout history, the church have been on the front lines willing to minister, not hiding in their homes, but putting their bodies in jeopardy to minister and to feed the flock, to take care of people's physical needs and spiritual needs. So I, I completely disagree with the idea that we should be hiding in our homes to help people. I believe that the church should be out and about doing what doing what we do um, for spiritual needs and for physical needs. Absolutely. And I I guess as a nurse, I'm kind of used to that in the physical way. That's what that's what we do. You know, yeah. we go to work. We we um and, and when you go into nursing school, you don't really think that you might be, you know, taking care of people during a pandemic. But then um yeah, it's kind of what we signed up for. It's what yeah. we do, and spiritually, that's what we do as well. And it, the need doesn't go away during a physical pandemic during a virus. Um, it only it only it's, it's stronger now than ever. People need people need God. People need the Lord. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um. Let's see here. We we yeah, we kind of co- kind of covered <laughs> a lot of stuff already. Quite a bit. Yeah. Um. What have you made any adjustments in your ministry in your local church, and and um whether it be you no know, technical using technology as a help maybe doing some pre-recorded or live recorded things for your member uh for your current members, um or those who maybe haven't um been able to meet due to being necessarily want to come out due to being high risk health themselves. How have you adjusted your ministry to be better help those folks? We haven't adjusted much when, so as, as the pandemic hit, 
we told our church members, um, you know, if, if you don't feel like you should be coming right now, you know, for whatever reason, you know, there, we have some elderly people in our church that haven't been coming. And so we completely understand their, you know, their, their decision and stand behind that decision. So I believe that a lot of grace is, is needed, you know, as, as far as how we interact with each other and, mm-hmm. and not telling people that they're making wrong choices, you know, for yeah. you know, if, if, if they're being more strict with the, the guidelines or they feel like they shouldn't be coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but our, our changes at church have not been drastic. We um, spread out our rows. We, mm-hmm. we actually had hand sanitizer available before the <laughs> pandemic and it's still available. You know, we got a big old <laughs> gallon good. of it that came from completely from Sam's Club back in the day that um, is going down in volume, but it's still there and available for people to use. And uh, we're trying to be cognizant of each other's, uh, we're, 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 each person is in this. Um, some people still want hugs. And yeah. I'm willing to give a hug, you know. That's um, good. Some people would rather not be touched, and so it, it takes grace and understanding, kind of, you know, to just to be sensitive to other people and where they are in this and different levels of um, whether you call it fear, just precaution, you know, that, that each yeah. person wants to take. But we're not doing anything online um, because we're holding normal church services, and there are a lot of like-minded uh, churches that have online online services that people could watch at home but um we're staying in contact with people that aren't coming in right now on facebook and on the phone and reaching out to them but we haven't done anything in person because the whole point of them not coming is to distance themselves you know you know socially so so no no major changes except that we're more spread out at church Mm -hmm. and just trying to give people to you know as much personal space as they feel that they need Okay. Have you made any adjustments concerning the means of grace, uh, specifically baptism and the Lord's Supper? So baptism is usually uh, yearly or twice a year event at our church. We don't have a bat. We don't. So we baptize by immersion. We um we, we don't have a tank at church. So it, first of all, it's pretty difficult when the ice is <laughs> is on the lakes. But we usually head out to a local park as a church, and it's kind of cool because that's how it was in the Bible times as well. It was a public thing and. Mm-hmm. Um, we're planning our next baptism for, I believe the second Sunday in June. And, Good. Praise um, God. So it hasn't affected us yet because we haven't had the meter opportunity to, to hold a baptismal service, mm-hmm. but no, we don't believe it'll change. We're going to, we're going to go out to the park with the church like we normally do. And, and people can maintain as much distance as they feel they need to. And, and we'll go ahead and bat and, and baptize everyone that wants to be, that wants to be baptized. We believe we're going to have a handful of people, um, the second week of June. As far as the Lord's Supper, we don't hold it on a weekly basis. It's usually every couple months or so. Okay. And we just held it last Sunday, and we did not make any changes. So every, it was a Sunday night thing, and everyone that wanted to partake, it was available to them. So Good. Well, uh, many ch- uh, well, we talked about live streaming. You're not doing that, so that question becomes moot. Let's see. <laughs> yep. Um, and obviously, as we discussed, you would... Um, Obviously, um, still emphasize gathering together physically. Um, so, um, and that that being said, as a pastor, talking to other, lo- uh, as available chance to talk to other other pa- other uh, Christian pastors in in the state of Michigan, what would you say to them? Or, or let's start, what would you say to those that would want to continue church on their couch as opposed to gathering with the body? Let's support it that way. So I, I'm encouraging pastors um, to, op- to open up, to have, to have services. 
it's uh, kind of scary to me how quickly churches shut down. And here, here in Michigan, it wasn't even mandated. And a lot of churches, I don't even believe, realize that. But the executive order um, always had a loophole for churches. Yeah. And I actually just wrote out, currently we're under executive order 2020-96, I believe. And mm-hmm. the wording under paragraph number 16 is consistent with prior guidance, a uh, place of religious worship, neither a place of religious worship nor its owner is subject to penalty under section 22 of this order hmm. for allowing religious worship at such place. And um, now that doesn't mean that churches shouldn't shut, shouldn't shut down necessarily depending mm-hmm. on what's going on, but it was just uh, scary how quickly churches were willing to shut down um, just based on a lot of hype, really a lot yeah. of hype from the media. And, um, unfortunately at this point churches almost have to admit that maybe they made the wrong choice to open back up because things aren't a whole lot different right now than they were two months ago yeah um but i i I believe that it's time to do so i believe that um churches need to be meeting in person and i guess what what i'd say is scripturally matthew 10 28 jesus said fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell and I, I'd, I would encourage pastors and people alike to put the eternal um, as, as more important than the temporal, than the temporary. Yeah. And um, I don't know how I'm going to die. I don't know if it'll be COVID or a car accident or a motorcycle accident. But I do know that eternity is, is much more important. And um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 have been a couple verses that we've really been thinking of. At an, in my home and in our church, and it's be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So um, there's always going to be a virus out there. Mm-hmm. Flu season is dangerous every year, and it, it certainly looks like COVID is more dangerous than the flu, but not astronomically so. Yeah. And so this precedent that we set as, as a nation and as an entire world, um, to me, is, 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 is crazy. And it makes sense to me because mm-hmm. es- eschatologically, um, I would believing that Jesus Christ is going to return, believing that there will be a, a, a literal period of tribulation mm-hmm. coming, uh, believing that this world is being set up for the Antichrist, I'm seeing the world take. Um, not just small steps, but leaps and bounds towards a readiness for a one-world government. Yeah. And so it, it's exciting at the same time as a believer and as, as a Bible-believing pastor, I feel like I, I have to, to stand against it, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to, to show people what's, what's going on. So at one point, it's exciting to watch and it's exciting to be a part of. And I believe that, that my generation, that our generation, barring an unnatural death, is going to see Jesus Christ literally return to this earth, and I can't wait for that. Um, but at the same time, it's our, it's our job as Christians to, to be a voice for, um, for the gospel, to be a voice for truth, and to, to tell the world what's going on. So the, the devil is certainly, as Ephesians chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 6 states, he's a prince in the power of the air. He is the spirit that now worketh in children of disobedience, and he is ready in this world um, for for the Antichrist, in, in my yeah. opinion, and, and that we're going to see that come to pass. And I guess one more passage I'd like to share is mm-hmm. Titus chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, which says, Looking for that blessed hope 
and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify into himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So I'm just encouraging pastors, churches, Christians everywhere to try to get their eyes off of what's going on around them. Mm -hmm. um, it is unnerving. It can be scary. to, And if, if you listen to the news for five minutes, you'll probably be freaked out. So. Yeah. Turn the news off, open up your Bibles, get in the Word, trust God, keep your eyes on Jesus, and and look for His appearing, look for Him to come back, and, and just know that He's in control. Um, mm -hmm. We try to manipulate, you know, the effect of this virus, and how much good we're doing is definitely, you know, up to debate. Um, there's, there's so much more in your life that you can't control, your spiritual state, your mind. Um, get in the Word and purify your mind with it. With, gospel of Jesus Christ and with the Bible, with the Holy Scripture on a daily basis. And um, you can thrive through a pandemic. You know, there's yeah. no reason to live a frightened life, a frightened existence. So uh, I'm telling people, turn off the TV and, and get in the Word. So Good. That's a lot. I'm sorry, man. Did I no, start no, preaching? No, 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 that's fine. You go. You can go <laughs> right on ahead. We just went along. I'm like, wow, okay. Like, okay, he answered it. He answered it. We talked about that one already. <laughs> um, have you received any pushback, though, say from perhaps maybe some of your own parishioners or folks in your neighborhood or even other churches in your area? I pushback, I would say no. We had, we've had a lot of conversations, even in our own ministry, about how exactly we should handle this. Um, that's the kind of church we've always wanted to have as far as um, the, the people feeling like they had the ability to you know, to, to, to question decisions and to talk out decisions with us. We don't like to just make um, unilateral decisions as, as, as a leadership of our ministry. We, we want to hear people out. And people's emotions, even within our small ministry, were all over the, you know, all over the park initially. Mm -hmm. And especially the first few weeks, you know, there's, there are a lot of unknowns uh, going into this. Um, but n no pushback. We just kind of, Good. over time, we're able to come to a consensus that this is, as a ministry, what we should be doing. We need to stay open. Um, I haven't had any other pastors in the area tell me what I should be doing. At the same time, I'm not getting in the face of other pastors in the area as well. <laughs> yeah. um, each each church and each pastor is, is going to have to stand before God someday and kind of give an account as, as far as what they did. And mm -hmm. um, I don't regret the decision we made to stay open. Thankfully, we haven't had the cops bothering us. Um, in Michigan, <laughs> we, we wouldn't expect that, you know. Yeah. My heart goes out to pastors around the country that had to make the difficult decision to, mm -hmm. to stay, some of them to stay open in the face of persecution, you know. And yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for their willingness to, 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 to take that fight on because it's not an easy thing to do. But um, no, not, not really, nothing major. And um, I guess in that way, we're, we're blessed. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's, it's been nice not having to wonder whether or not, you know, we're going to have officers walking into our church building on, on you know, on a, during yeah. our services and disrupt the services. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, found a, a, a little local church uh, uh, in my area. No, uh, we've been because the church we're normally part of has been has has their doors closed since March. And they don't plan on opening their doors anytime soon. So we've been at this uh, little church at. Um, one of the first questions I asked the pastor before we started attending, um, have the cops been hanging around, <laughs> poking around? He's like, no, they haven't. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah. <coughs> and yep. um, like even yesterday, there we had a uh, like a 
oh shoot, it was like a church party thing, a little church party thing. Just hang out, have food, that kind of thing. And as everybody's out, out and about, kids playing outside, cap drives by, cap driving. Yeah. Yep. So. It, most areas, lo- I haven't heard of any major issues in, in, in Michigan, thankfully, as far yeah. as crazy arrests and stuff. You kind of seen stuff going on around the nation, but um. Thankfully, thankfully, we haven't been bothered here in, in, in my local area too much. And I think it's, the cops are just, they've been unwilling to get, thankfully, unwilling to get in the middle of it and allowing people to make their own decisions, which, in my opinion, is what the government should have been doing the entire time, just educating yeah. people and letting people make decisions, you know, based on what's best for their own families. Mm-hmm. Um, and then businesses, what's best for their businesses. And then churches, what's best for their churches. Yeah. And, um Hopefully, we're going back that direction. We'll see. It's yeah, been crazy. I would hope so. Well, anyway, well, Josh, thanks for coming on. Um, th- thanks for hanging out and talking for a little bit. Nice to meet you, Matthew. Yeah, nice to meet you. Um, I, I'm, I'm for me, this is exciting. Now, get to meet other, I say, other folks out, out, out and about that are doing the work of the, doing the work of the gospel and whatnot. Um, Amen. So again, thanks for coming out, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, man. Take care. Thank you very much. If any of you listening have any questions or comments, look at Believing Theologist on iTunes, Anchor.fm, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, or Google Play, and at Believing Theolo on Twitter. That's B-E-L-I-E-V-I-N-G-T-H-E-O-L-O on Twitter. I look forward to hearing from you, and I hope you'll stick around for a few episodes or more. This has been an episode of the Believing Theologist podcast, proclaiming the gospel and sound doctrine to the furthest reaches of the great state of Michigan. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.